Hey friends, my name's Jamie Lee and you're listening to the episode one, My Backstory, where I'm going to share with you how I came to be, what I went through, and a bit of my history on uh, my life, my career, everything that I experienced up and from a teenager up until now that has given me the tools, the processes, and the strategies to become more aware and to really live a life of happiness within. So let's get into it. My backstory, I grew up in a pretty good family. We weren't wealthy, but we were well off. My father had a business and my mother was a home uh, mother. She schooled us to a certain age and then we went out to school. We grew up conventionally like normal kids. And I grew up in my dad's business and their idea was the more experiential experiences we had, the faster we would learn. And that was really true. I had a so my dad was Chinese, my mum was Italian. And so Chinese culture is very business driven. It's very, um, comes from a collective where the parents know best and there's nothing wrong with what they did. They were just doing what they were doing. But they had very um, specific and very uh, planned ideas and, and plans for me already in what I was going to do, who I should become, and how to actually safeguard me um, when I became independent. And this is all around business. And so I grew up in my dad's business. I, I was thrown in the deep end at the age of 16. I basically, uh, you know, swept the floors up until that age, um, did a lot of picking and packing in the warehouse, did all the odds and ends, would go out uh, helping drivers to deliver products um, on the weekends and even on the weekdays. And finally, I got to the age of about 16, 17, around that age before I hit high school, where my father made some pretty big decisions in his business and decided, look, I'm going to the best training ground for my kids and for me was actually putting me in a real life business, throwing me in the deep end where we would be heading up departments and I headed up uh, the uh, the warehousing and logistics department for um, a number of years. And so I started that at 16 and he just pulled me out, plucked me and said, right, you're going to manage the warehouse logistics operations um, purely at the night shift, which was made up of about 10 to 15 um, workers who were like twice, even thrice my age. And for a 16-year-old or for a teenager that has no life experience, um, who, you know, I, I had no idea how what even business was, uh, how to manage people, uh, I found out the hard way and I actually had the toughest toughest sample of uh, workers that I had to manage. And it was, it was so hard, but it was life-changing because it really taught me the, the negative traits and the resisting traits of change that come with a new person coming into a business unit like I did. And I don't really... I can't, looking back on it, I, I question myself around was it a positive 
uh, beneficial experience for me or was it a bit too much at the start? Did it actually shatter my confidence or did it increase my confidence? Um, and I asked that question for a long time and looking back on that now, I can it, it really it gave me a few scars but it prepared me for really tough situations what lay ahead of me. So cuddling a long story short, um, I started that managerial position and I grew up working in my dad's business and these here you have my dad as the CEO and his teenage, um, so there was myself and my two sisters and these teenagers heading different departments. I headed the logistics operations, my sisters, the accounts, the finance and the marketing divisions. And so here was a... <laughs> He was a group of teenage, early, early, early 20s um, adolescents running a, you know, five, six, up to $10 million business, Uh, which from the outside probably looked crazy, absolutely crazy, right? Um, But I had a lot of respect for my father, and so I, I was constantly in mutiny because... I almost got born into it. I really didn't even feel like I had an option or choices in my life. And so I grew up conditioning, being conditioned or or in the conditioning environment where I basically just, this is, I just thought this is, this is how life is. This is what's right for me. And I was just, putting my head down and working every day I'd come home and we'd discuss dinner around the business, uh, discuss business around the dinner table and uh, and that was my life for like 10 years. I didn't question it but along the way I always felt this resistance, this there's something else that I need to do, I need to be creative like and there was this burn, little burning fire in me that wanted to go out and explore and be my own person. But my father just thought, no, this is, this is what you have to do. Everything else is poverty. You can't be successful unless you're in business, doing mathemat- mathematics and finance and marketing. That's it. That's what he understood. And so I thought that that's, to be successful, that's who I had to become. I had to become him. I had to be good at what he was good at. And that really shattered my soul, my psyche, almost at a subconscious level, being conditioned by that day after day, hearing the same advice and the same path that he thought was best for me at the time. And throughout those years, from about 16 to 25, even up to 27, I... I I would get upset, I'd have cycles, I would go through cycles of coming into my dad's business and then wanting to leave and go and explore my creativity, my photography, my art, my hospitality, things that I really enjoyed doing. And every time I would go out of that, say, that safe nest or that nest, that zone, I I would have massive feelings of guilt and I would experience what it was like to be um, free 
almost like when a bird or in the matrix have you seen that scene where i think it's number three the last matrix scene where they're on the way to um to the machine city and neo and trinity are in the spaceship uh, are in the ship and they um they're trying to debunk all those um what are they they're, they're droids or um those sentinels that are attacking the ship and the only way to get rid of all of them the hundreds just surrounding him laser cutting into the machine there were hundreds of them they couldn't shake them off and they couldn't um they couldn't activate the emp so what they did is neo just said trinity take the ship above the clouds keep going then they'll fall off so they did and as the ship soared up through the dark clouds they came up and above the clouds and it was beautiful blue golden sunshine like we see today right and the moment it just, and the moment they just soared up, they came back down again. And there was this pause as they hit that that peak, and the ship just stopped, almost hit, like almost just about to fall, free fall back down through the dark clouds. And the, and it just, they just they just stop and they look at the sunshine and the clouds and the sun. They just Trinity's just like it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And then reality hits again and the scene goes and then they fall back down into the black cloud. So that's how I describe the cycles of being in darkness, being like really miserable and and unhappy and and always questioning what's on the other side of this fence, being where I was in my dad's business and in life, in this pipeline dream of someone else's. Um, plan and when I would go out and do my own exploration that's what it felt like the sunshine I would see that sunshine but then all too quickly it would be a a, you know very quick non-lasting dream which would then come plummeting back down to the black dark clouds. And that was my life for 10 years. Constantly, those cycles would last. There'd be about maybe two or three a year where it would start in tears, wanting to just break free. And then and then I just, something in my head and would just say, look, just stick with it. Knuckle down. Stop being shiny syndrome stop having a shiny object syndrome and just stick to one thing and do it well and i didn't even have at that time my an or an ability or a desire in me to actually want to that or could speak out uh, i was very suppressed i was it was also very suppressed i felt like i didn't really even know myself and through that came physical illness through that came I experienced just massive amounts of tiredness and boredom and constant emotional eating, you know, which everyone around me labelled as he's just a growing boy, he needs his food. But no, like, I I now see why I ate so much and I smoked so much was because I was just masking my pain. I, I was sleeping not wanting to wake up, masking my pain. I was eating, overeating, emotional eating. I was um, drinking. I was going out, binge drinking all the time. 
and you know I was doing all these four really you know addictive um I was masking all this pain with these addictive um addictions uh, you know I had no idea and everyone just thought oh you know he's lost he's smoking like hopeless like but no you know these these things that we get labeled for these are symptoms these are these are coping mechanisms to mask the pain because we don't want to face the pain. So we just bury it with all of these addictions, eating, smoking, drinking, sleeping, uh, which I later on realized a long time after that, that that's what, that's what I was doing. And so, uh, you know, that cycle went up and down. And, you know, finally I hit my mid-twenties and I got a more, a more confidence, you know, I was... a, a I was a bigger man, I was like yeah, a young man, I was ready to take on the world and I decided, right, I am going to go to Canada, I've had enough of this crap, I'm going to go to Canada, I'm going to go on a skiing uh, working holiday, at the time Canada was really, really easy to get a, um, it was really easy to get a working holiday visa, for, especially for someone under 20, 25, or I think it was 30 at the time. And I made all my arrangements, I got all my affairs in order, I told my parents, uh, and then I think it was a week before I was meant to take that trip. And I told my dad, I said, uh, I, said I, I called my dad over at the kitchen table and I said, I need to speak to you. And I just remember, oh, I was like so nervous. I'm like, what if... They don't let me, like, oh, if they say no, then I've got no choice. Like, though, you know, I just, what are they going to do? Like, I'd probably still go, but, oh, I'd feel so guilty. Like, please, just just be strong. Just be strong. Put up a fight. You must tell them. And I was so nervous because this was like, my life was riding on this conversation, which I didn't even, wasn't even confident going in at the start. And so I... Had had that conversation with my dad. I said, Dad, I've decided that I am going to go to Canada and I'm going to go for a few months, six months, and I'm going to come back and reevaluate my life when I get back. And he looked at me and he said, Son, have a think about what you're really doing. Why do you want to do this? And he asked me all these questions and I just knew, I just knew I was being talked out of a situation. Right, I was just, I was, my, I could already see my heart was already sinking just by the non-verbal responses I was getting. And that was it. I, I knew I'd failed. Like I knew that I didn't have the power to not override, but to just feel confident that this is where I was going. I didn't have any support around me. I didn't know what I wanted. Like I was just trying to escape, trying to just get out of this rut. And my father said, you know, there's an opportunity that's just come up. And if you want to get into it, we can do this together. And it's a small little business. And let's see how you go. Like, you know, it's going to be really successful. I think it's going to make a lot of money. And I think you, 
um, will benefit from this. And this is your chance of independence. And being in that state I was, being in that space of uncertainty, no confidence, I didn't even know who I was, or I didn't know my direction, I took it, I took that option, which was all based around money, which was all based around, it's paying well, who knows, it's not even aligned to what I want to do or who I am, let's just do it. And so I made that decision. Fast forward six years. I, that was the biggest roller coaster of my of my life in six years. In that business, I felt like I dug deeper into a hole. Even though, I was, getting paid more. I had way much more responsibility. I had my own autonomy over a lot of other things that I was doing. I was still being, I was still in a state of being controlled and influenced. And I can now only say that I was that. I was experiencing, and I did experience that, people, places, things that I was manipulated and, and uh, by, I have to take responsibility for that because I attracted those type of people. And, but at the time, it was hell, absolutely hell. Like, I did not even think once that this is what I was attracting. I just, I just went through it and I was blaming everyone but myself. And I remember... I was so, I was like a elephant with a a shackle on my leg. Have you heard that story of an elephant? When they're young, they have a shackle on their leg that's bolted into a concrete block in the ground. They cannot move themselves. They cannot uplift this chain because it's anchored in. And they try and they try and they try and they try for months. And after a while, over time, they give up because they know that they can't, they can't break this chain. They can't rip this chain out of the ground. They can't escape this shackle because they've tried so many times and that conditioning is ingrained into their DNA. And so after, as they grow up, as the elephants grow older and older, all that's required to keep an elephant in its place and not move a single meter across or out of the... It's not, they don't even need a fence around them anymore. There's a shackle on their ankle still and all there is is just a stake that is hammered into the ground, maybe half a meter. And any person that sees this stake in the ground, shackled to this huge beast, you know, a couple of ton, couple of tons this elephant weighs. The only way, or anyone that can actually see that stake would surely think that it can, that elephant can go anywhere. They just have to rip it out of the ground. But no, they are so conditioned 
that when they feel the slightest pull on that shackle, they will stop. They will not even try to escape because as soon as they feel that shackle pull on their on their leg, on their ankle, they will they will they will retract back and never they don't want to feel that movement on their ankle that that slight pull because they've been conditioned so they don't even try and it's not even conscious it's subconscious and so that's how I felt that wherever I went I couldn't do anything I felt chained and the this was this was the result of me being really really uncertain about myself I didn't know who I was this is a product this is a this is a product of when somebody thinks they have no control where there's no hope where they have to just do what is required and nothing else and they come second everyone else comes first this is what happens. Maybe not to that extremity to which I experienced, but to where a lot of people experience that in the most subtle ways. And so, I remember sitting at a lake one day. I'd had enough again. I was like, why am I in this situation to start with? And I, I, I wanted to just end my life. I just, I'd had enough. I was just like, if this is it, just take me now. Just take me now. I don't want to know the reasons. If this is it, if this is all that I can hope for, I just don't want to live anymore. I felt so deep in this misery that it wasn't even a misery it was just it was it was basically a, I felt like a, the lambs going to slaughter I couldn't see a way out I could not see a way out and I don't I, I didn't have the ability like I actually don't think I would have had the courage to um, to actually act and, and take my life. I think that would be, when it came to the crunch and I had to do that, whatever I had to do, take a gun, drown myself, hang myself, whatever, I think, I don't think I would have done that, but I can, I seriously considered what would be the easiest way to kill myself. Um, and that happened more than once at that same lake that I sat in my car and watched the water and the ducks and just, just pondered to myself, what am I going to do? So I decided to leave. Eventually, I decided I just left. I told everyone I was going. I left. I went to, I went overseas, and I, I just had to. I had to remove all the noise, um, out of my life, and yeah. And then I, I joined um, a lot of business groups with the same like-minded people, and that was so positive. It was like a real transformation for me. Like that was the start. I actually. I didn't even know it at the time, but I started to change my environment. I moved out of home. I just moved. I actually didn't 
It's funny, I did the day I moved out with my friend into his apartment, I didn't actually tell my parents. I literally just walked into the house like a normal day and said, Hey, afternoon, how are you doing? Packed up my stuff, walked out and said, Oh, by the way, I'm moving out and then just left. <laughs> my parents still laugh about it to this day. But if one thing one thing that I that really stood out at that time is I was so desperate to just completely remove myself out of those environments that I I just I just did it. I didn't even tell anyone. And that was the start. I went overseas, I joined business groups, I surrounded myself with like minded individuals and it was still there were still troughs and peaks, but over time what I learned was the work that I did on myself, I paid for spiritual teachers, I had mentors, I did everything I possibly could. Um, but what happens is, as you evolve and as you work on yourself and as you understand why these things happen to you and the reasons why, and then you can actually dissolve them so they don't happen again, the cycles of the peaks and the troughs get shorter and the heights of the the peaks and the troughs get shorter as well. So you're constantly more in a space of neutrality and that's the best place to be in, neutrality. Yes, you can get excited. Yes, you can get, um, you know, you can get angry or sad and, and go in polar opposite directions, say on a graph, high and low, but they get shorter and they get um, narrower. Right. And so that's... That's just a snapshot of what my backstory was like. And, you know, it's only been the last 10 years, so since I was about 25, 27 till now, that's the period of my life where I started to actually consciously make decisions around my own self, about how to, if, you know, no one's going to help me do this, I had to do it myself. And I started on a spiritual journey and went so pseudo-spiritualism. I went all the way spiritual and all the way back into the middle. Um, that's another story in itself that I will share with you. But that 10 years, that last, the last 10 years of my life, I've spent heavily, heavily investing time, money, resource, every ounce of energy I've had. Um, outside during my full-time job, literally every hour, I ha every waking hour on developing myself, um, furthering my education and taking action on how to heal but also dissolve, erase, never to have again those same problems that I had and there is a way to eliminate issues that keep happening to you. I promise you, it's guaranteed. I'm telling you because I'm, I'm, the res I'm a result of that. I'm a living embodiment of those things. I have, um, I have been through it. I've invested in it. I know that you can, you can basically... Look, let me just explain, right? The simplest way that I can... Um, 
paint this picture is imagine you're a computer and you've got a program in there and the program is version one now that program version one can be upgraded to a version two and the only way to remove that version one is to change the core programming right you've got to take out the hard drive you've got to take out the motherboard you've got to completely gut the system right take all the internals out of that computer and rebuild it again and insert new software and new hardware and that the process of doing that is it's not an overnight thing it takes time right and it takes time and energy and real focus and dedication but once you upgrade to version 2 you can never go back to version 1 it's impossible absolutely impossible um, so through my work and through the programs uh, that I'm currently putting together to um, put out in the world to to my clients, to my listeners, to people like yourself who are who are going through this same similar type of experience, who really need to find who they are, who need to discover their passions, who want to make a change because they just they don't want to experience the same thing over and over again, not knowing how to get out. Um, people have had enough. Um, that I can promise you that the tools and the techniques and the processes and the strategies that I can teach you and introduce to you uh, and guide you through and handhold you step every step of the way, you will, I guarantee you'll never, you will change. You will never be the same person you were for, for the better, for the better. So I want to leave you with that and leave you with my story. Uh, I know it's a bit dark, it's a bit deep, um, and, you know, but I really, I really feel obligated to share with you where I've come from. And in the next episodes, I'm going to share with you a bit more of the context and some stories about what I experienced and what walls I faced along the way and how I got through those walls and what type of, you know, conflicts along the way came up to stop me from getting where I wanted to get to and how I overcame those um, conflicts and, um, what are you going to call them, barriers or obstacles. And then how I transformed out of that. My achievements, what I achieved when I found my passions and I discovered myself and I became really happy and understood what drives happiness, how you can have happiness as just a general um, everyday feeling. It's not a privilege, it's not a luxury. Happiness is something that is just there. Where compared to back 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago for me, happiness was something that only happened every couple of weeks or every month. It wasn't a daily thing. It was something to look forward to. And I wouldn't even know when it was coming. It would just appear. Now, I've designed my life and I'm at a space in my life where happiness is just happiness. And it's an amazing place to come from. So I don't want to rub it in. 
But I'm just telling you, it is so possible. I have, I've, I, I've been there. I know how to get there. I'm, I can show you the way. So stay tuned for the next episodes. I want to thank you for listening. From the bottom of my heart, I hope that just by listening to this episode alone, you have come away from this with something, even if it's just one thing that has changed your life and it's given you that seed of hope. That is my mission, to change your life in any way I can for the better. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Like this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast. And also, if you feel, leave me a comment. I would love to have a chat with you. Really would. I'm here to connect with you. I deeply care about you. I deeply care about the human race and all humans to, to become a better version of themselves. Until then, take care. And I'll see you on the next episode.